Hello and welcome to the podcast Invest in You. Today we've got two special guests. Uh, the kids are in school so they can't attend. But we have got uh, Nigel Best and Raymond McLennan to join us uh, in this... Uh, big kids. Big kids, grown-up kids. <laughs> so yeah, we will talk about how these uh, young fellas are investing in themselves. We'll talk about how they decide to jump into business together and also a little bit what they get from working with each other because they also have their own podcast which is called, I need to read here on the mug they presented to me, How to Raise Money Podcast. Mm -hmm. And I can highly recommend it. It does exactly what it says on the tip. So welcome to the show. We'll start with... uh, Thank you very much. Nigel. How are you today? Uh, do you know what? Excellent. And thank you so much for uh, having us on your podcast. It's great, you know, to be on that. And you've got such splendid surroundings here. We're gazing down on London town. Um, and you really do feel like the world is your oyster at this point And anything Absolutely. is possible. Absolutely. So, and also we've got here next to him, we've uh, got Ray. Hi. Hi. Hello, everyone. Uh, yeah, I am uh, sitting next to Nigel and, and also looking out at this fabulous view. I never actually saw the attraction of penthouse flats, but when you've got a view like that, it's I can see the attraction. Yeah, no, I, I like it because uh, you can just stand here, visualize, think, and you can even spot the next plots to buy potentially. Yeah. Right, so yeah. there are many people that have no clue who you even are. So how would you say, you got the stupid network question, Nigel, like, what do you do? Who are you? Do you know, that's a fantastic question. Uh, property investor, <laughs> business owner, uh, dad, uh, husband. Uh, I run an outdoor laser tag with my kids. Uh, I do an awful lot of things. Perfect. Uh, but most of all, I just try to get the most out of life. Mm-hmm. Love it. On the note of that, I know that you do the same. You also get the most out of life. Yeah, um, I help people to find um, money for business or for property projects. Uh, I have a few property projects of my own on the go. I do a podcast with Nigel and um, blogging and all sorts of other things. And uh, I'm just... Social media coaching. Social media coaching. And I'm just um, partway through constructing an online membership course for people. So a couple of of thoughts in there as well. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, there are many reasons why I like to have this uh, gentleman on uh, this... um, Podcast one is that we are actually part of uh, a similar group where we help each other, fellow podcasters. And uh, to have accountability, we spoke about uh, the results of just keeping a podcast alive. How do you do it? How do you keep a podcast alive? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, do you know, well, hang on, let's go, let's go back because. Don't, go, don't give the question to me. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, yeah, no. Let's go back because actually it was you were on an event where they were talking about how you could start a podcast and you phoned me up yeah. and, and said. Yeah. Right, and, and the well, reason you phoned me up was because what you thought about podcasts. So you better I, tell everyone. I, yeah, that. well, I happen to think uh, I thought a podcast would be better. You'd be more accountable if you had a partner, someone yes. doing it with you. That that was my first thought. Um, so I contacted Nigel because uh, well, you, the other thirty-eight people had refused. And, <laughs> no, that was yeah. number thirty-nine. See, there you go. There's an example of why I contacted <laughs> Nigel because. 
when we were doing social media training and helping people and, and public speaking and that sort of thing, quite a lot of people said, oh, you guys, you should go on stage together. You're always bantering and, and sparking off each other. Yeah, they're not um, laughing now. Are they're they? not laughing now, no, that's for sure. Uh, and I thought, yeah, I'll see if Nigel's up for it. And yeah, no, if Nigel wasn't up for it, I, I didn't have any other names on the list. Um, right. But, oh, but, my God, right. Yeah, Seriously. But... but what I did after he said yes is I went to look at the top. I might even have it here. I don't think I do, but yeah. Well, I you went, certainly showed me a list of. I went to look at the successful top, top two hundred podcasts. I don't yep. think I have it here, but uh, uh, I have in another book very similar to this. Uh, I started writing down all the the top podcasts and then trying to find out what they had in common. And the the common theme that seemed to run through a lot of them is that there was. Uh, there were two or more people presenting. So there, were I, there was either a front man and a sidekick yes. or two presenters or even three. And I'm thinking about Joe Rogan. Another famous one is The Art of Charm where these guys are always sparking off each other, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think it's more interesting to listen to for the listener than just one person monotone and your voice has got to rise and you've got to make you know exaggerated remarks. Whereas through my life, many of the greatest times I've never recorded so you know you, you get people and you, you have a dinner yes and I kick myself I wish at the end of the day I'd recorded the dinner because it was such a laugh and that's really what I wanted to do was to have that so yes. so first common denominator was that there were two or more presenters the second thing was comedy seemed to be quite high up there I think a lot of we people, need to put some in don't we we do need to put we need to put some in actually now you mention it <laughs> I think I think a lot of people. Yeah, you know, the, the world is too serious. You know, life is too short, and you can switch on the news. You can get all the gloom and doom you want. Um, but but also, I think that the, the, a lot of people enjoy conversations with people. I think good, funny conversations, or at least not taking yourself too seriously, I think is a way to go. So that was really the main things. I, I wanted to have someone else, and I didn't want it to be too serious, even though it's a reasonably serious subject. Yeah, I know that you picked a very serious person here with complete lack of energy. So Nigel, well done for being the structure to the to the show. No, you're you're the sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're, you're the structure. You don't you don't bring a laugh. You don't bring any energy. No, I'm, <laughs> I appreciate I'm, that you you are just accountable right. partner there to to him. You've spotted me. You've nailed me. Um, I mean. I'm actually, when, when people sort of say, who am I? I should really say I'm six foot four, so I'm the person that can reach the things on the top shelf. Because it, sometimes I feel that that's all I'm good at. But yeah. um, no, on this, when Ray said it, we had actually been on a cruise ship together, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, now that might sound uh, very romantic. It was, it was nothing of the thing. I, I, I got many pictures. Yeah. Um, no, it was a business one. <laughs> and uh, we just found ourselves, um, at the end of the day, always seemingly to have a beer in our hands, having a chat That's and a it. bit of a laugh sort of thing. And it, it seemed very natural to do that, but add in some content. So when, you, when you're asking about how do you keep it going, obviously you've got to pick a, a title that would not be too niche, too narrow, yes. that you run out of subject matter or you're just repeating yourself a lot. But also, the having two people, you introduce that subject matter, but when you're talking about it, you just go off at tangents yes. and, and try and come back to it. So it's not always heavy, heavy stuff. Yes. It's a little bit, you know, more lighthearted. And uh, yeah, I bring the gravitas, I bring the, <laughs> the seriousness, and I, I tend to hold the yeah. reins and keep it on track. That's it. And, yeah. and yeah. you know, raise the wild animals just going off in all sorts of directions. 
Yeah, no, the, the, the reason why I was... <laughs> and if you believe that, presenting <laughs> you in the way... <laughs> the reason I was presenting you in, in, that, in that way, like, in, in Sweden we have stolen some of the ideas from Monty Python, and, and the, the, the irony and sarcasm, so if, if that didn't come across as a joke before, it wasn't intended as a joke, it was clearly, yeah, I, I hope you can see what I mean. So it's really funny sometimes when it gets lost in translation, it's uh, often when I'm on we stage. We knew what you often, meant. Often when I'm on stage, and now and then at least, I have to say like, that was a, that was a Swedish joke, and then people just out of complete politeness like laugh at that. There you and go. That's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> so, have you got a, a good example, any of you, of uh, a joke going wrong while on stage? <laughs> oh my god! If I do, I usually say because again, sometimes it takes it takes an hour or so to get into it. You know that people get to get understand your humour um, and if, it, if people do sort of stare at me I say something like well that was a joke most people clap but you've chosen to sit there on your hands and stare at me and that's okay too you know exactly. and people much, start to, to get it um, I, I don't know but I, with Ray being Scottish I always think of, <laughs> of when they um, sort of they used to say if you go and perform in Glasgow or something like that some of these um, uh, places that had a reputation uh, I always remember someone saying, uh, you know, if, if you if you do well, do they applaud? And he said, oh, if you do well, they let you live. Mm. And I, <laughs> I thought, so I, I don't really tell. <laughs> do I tell jokes? I probably just say the odd quip, one-liner, yep. Yep. Um, and then move on pretty damn fast when nobody reacts. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, Check my microphone to see if everyone heard it. You know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's like the old things, isn't it? When you, you're talking to the microphone, can you can you hear me? And you get someone at the back going, yes, can you turn it down? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, I mean, talking about jokes and falling flat on your face, Nigel has a lot more experience with that. Than yeah, yeah. All right. Ouch. Okay, so back to the complete seriousness of, of this podcast. It's called Invest in You. Uh, start with yourself, uh, Nigel. What springs to mind when you hear that statement? The fact that people don't do it. That's a shame. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I have to admit that um, there was a period in my life where I, I didn't. And I made, I remember I made a conscious decision. Believe it or not, I. I kind of went through the traditional school, um, so it's given away my age, a, um, O levels, A levels, degree, um, and then I trained as an accountant and got professional qualification. And I remember when I finished that, I said, "Right, that's it. I'm not. Yep. Le- I'm not learning anything else." Exactly. I've, I've done it now. I've done it for so long. I've done externally marked exams. It felt like for forever, most of my life, and I decided I'm not doing it. And I almost made a conscious decision to not leave my mind open to learn. And it was a long time later. It was a good 10 years where I did that. And, and I, I regret, that's one thing I regret, because I didn't invest in me at all mm. during that time. And uh, it was a bizarre series of events that led me to a property networking um, no, property investing evening where they asked a few questions. Now, we all know it now, being in, in property, there were the obvious questions, you know, is, is your house an asset or a liability? Um, and, uh, you know, could anyone define an asset or a liability? And as an accountant, I was thinking, they're not going to get this. And I was sat slumped on the back row 
you know, in that typical pose of, uh, I know this, you lot don't. And this person uh, put their hand up and I thought, come on then, <laughs> show yourself to be a fool. You've got no idea what this answer is. You've, I know you've got no idea. And they just said, an asset puts money in your pocket, a liability takes money out. And I don't know if I actually snorted, um, <laughs> but I felt like I did. And it was a, a case of, oh, what a fool, what a fool. How could they embarrass themselves in front of sensible people um, and give that sort of answer? And to my utter horror, all the sensible people in the room were clearly not sensible because they all agreed with them. <laughs> um, and I thought that was crazy. Um, they then did another couple of questions. And again, as my accounting fixed mind uh, sort of registered when do you make profit and I thought right well this is fairly obvious and they said when you buy and it was kind of like what um, <laughs> and, and I looked around thinking there was a room of mad people and I left I ultimately I, I sort of sloped out the back of that room a bit thinking where am I compared to these people and why are they thinking that when I thought something else and that probably cracked open the door of wanting to learn again and invest in me and probably over the last five ten years um that's been the the best thing that's probably happened to me was just that chance evening where it just suddenly made me stop and think hold on maybe i don't know it all yeah Great, great, great one. Perfect. Thanks for expanding also on the question. So I will give you a variation of that question. Mm-hmm. So the more you know, the more you know that you don't know. True. Why is that the case? Why is that the case? I think it's to do with having an open mind. And if you have an open mind, there, is, there are no barriers. There's no ceiling. There's no limit. Yes. Um, you know, you learn, you learn something all the time. And if you think that you, 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 think you know everything, all you have to do is watch a few quiz shows on telly and you realise how, <laughs> how much you don't know. Um, so, yeah, yeah, there's never an end. I think, I think it's a mistake to say, well, there's an expression, is it, you, you know, you're green, you're green, you grow, and if you're ripe, you rot. Um, and I do meet, I mean, I, I did something similar with Nigel, whereas I, I went to school, I did O-levels, A-levels. I didn't go to university to start with. I ran my own business, which was a good idea. Um, I had my own business for at least 12 years before I went to university. And then I went back to university to do a law degree, not intending to become a lawyer, but eventually becoming a lawyer. And at, at when I came out, and I went to the law firm, I realized I knew an awful lot more on how to run a business than, than the law yes. and ended up doing an awful lot more showing lawyers how to run a business rather than, you know, just do the law. And um, that back then, uh, I had a car with a CD player. In fact, I think I had a car with a tape deck. And I remember going to a jumble sale and buying a box set of tapes by Zig Ziglar or something, yes. um, and playing them in the car. And if, if you've listened to Zig Ziglar, he's you know he's very much a southern drawl and all of this. And my my then wife hated listening to Zig Ziglar. She hated his voice. I actually quite liked his voice, but more importantly, I liked what he had to say. And I think that got me kind of hooked on these things. And I eventually then found CDs by you know Brian Tracy and that sort of thing. And I just like listening to them, not actually thinking, well, I'm listening to this because I want to expand my knowledge or I want to keep learning, but just because I found them interesting. Um, 
Very interesting. I, I remember the very first, as you could call it, self-help book um, I ever read was called The Lazy Man's Way to Riches by Joe Carbo. And I think I came across that in a, in a jumble sale. The Lazy Man's Way to Riches by Joe Carbo. And it was all about um, selling um, you know, co- putting coupons and adverts in newspapers and, and, and distance selling, if you like. Uh, and it, it, it was interspersed, the book with it was interspersed with, here's how you do it, but also here's mindset. It was all very much mindset stuff. And Zig Ziglar was all very much about mindset. And I liked all of that stuff. So I, I enjoyed consuming it when I could. And, and still do to this day. I know it's a lot easier now with podcasts and yes. various other things but um, back then it, I think one of the good things back then is if you got a bit of tape and you liked it you could replay it over and over and again because there wasn't anything else you know you couldn't turn on the radio and get episode after episode or yep. podcast and get podcast after podcast and I think for me one of those early tapes really kind of got embedded in fact it's so embedded I could probably repeat it word for word if you started me off um, and I quite liked that I liked that and and again a lot of people I would speak to, I could quote a phrase to some lawyers and they'd never heard of it, you know? And if you said, you know, if you're ripe, you're rotten, if you're green, you grow, they'd be like, well, that's a great phrase, you know, can I write that down? Can I steal that from you, you know? Yeah, and I'd just, be, I'd just be regurgitating other stuff, but yes. they, they thought I was some kind of, you know, some kind of genius, I suppose, but yeah. But yeah, yeah so. I mean, on that, do you know what you, you know, how do you know what you know and, and all the rest of it? I remember there was a, a question on QI and it showed this person, and the question was, who was this person and, and why was his death significant or whatever? And it was going back 100, 200 years. And when this person had died, they said it was a very sad day because he was the last person alive who knew everything. And he died. Oh, yeah. And I thought, I thought oh, that's great. <laughs> that was his title. He said the person that knew everything. But I kind of saw it when, when this was opened up to me. It was as if you're walking down a corridor and... You're aware that you're walking down a corridor, but no one's pointed out, or you haven't realised just how many doors there are and how many doors you haven't even tried to open to see what's behind that door. And then suddenly when you are, almost when you become conscious and you are awoken on all these things, you're suddenly aware of how many doors there are. You're suddenly aware of how easy they are to open. And when you peer inside, you realise it is a whole new world that you are completely unaware of and um, how much more there is to know. So you almost need a hundred lifetimes to well, you would, to yeah. kind of experience yeah. everything that's out there. I so. think uh, that's triggering something. So I think when you mentioned earlier, you know, where where does it where does it end? Why does it not end? I think where it starts for people, I think, is when they have an interest in something. If somebody develops an interest, if you develop an interest in personal growth, or if you develop an interest in teaching and training or whatever, you will you can go out there and you start finding yes. that information, and one thing leads to another, leads to another. And they've actually scientifically proven it that if you give a person a book that's of interest to them, their pupils actually dilate, which they open up to take in more information. And if you're teaching other people that subject, you learn it quicker. So that's another reason why I like public speaking um, is because you can really start to uh, absorb something because you know you're going to be telling other people about it. So you make an effort. Um, But the first thing, the first step's got to be having an interest in that subject. Yeah, it's, it's really great to be able to, to share things. I know that we all do public speaking and uh, it's fantastic when you've got that connection with the audience where they're really they're self-selected. They're there to, to hear 
whatever you got to share in terms of the content, etc. So jumping back into content again. So uh, love to hear more ideas how you work with uh, how to raise finance. Mm-hmm. Because many of the people listening to this are uh, actively looking for finance one way or another. Okay. Um, so, so uh, well, we, we the, the first thing is there's no shortage of money. Correct. I think people need to realize that. A lot of... Um, people can have a scarcity mentality thinking that oh you know there's there's not enough money out there or oh there's a recession on or oh we're living in times of austerity not true the same amount of money is out in fact more money out in the world than there's ever been and uh, the, 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 the sad fact is that if you took all the money in the world and you put it at my feet and you distributed it evenly amongst everyone on the planet I think the figures are you know they're in the trillions obviously but I think it works out, it's, it's something like £750,000 per person. It's not millions, it's about £750,000 per person in cash. And then uh, probably three times the same again in assets that you can distribute amongst everyone on the planet. So if you did that, and quite, you know, a lot of people are calling for that, that you know, we should distribute the wealth and it should help everyone else and all the rest of it. If you did that, in one year or two years' time, all the money would be back in the same pockets that it was with unless that person invested in themselves or unless that person learned something. Because all that happens, most people, you see it all the time, is they repeat the same mistakes. You know, so if you you don't get knowledge or any experience, you just repeat the same mistake. So that's the first thing. The first thing is scarcity. The second thing is self-sabotage. Now, a lot of people uh, at the moment are doing courses in commercial conversions. And they, they come along and they look at a property course and they think, oh, I could do a buy-to-let at 50 grand or I could do an HMO for 200. Oh, why don't I just do a commercial conversion at 3 million? Yes. Because I can get all of that money in a one-up. Well, the reason that they can't do that is because, they, first of all, they don't have the skills, knowledge and experience of dealing with buy-to-lets and dealing with HMOs and dealing with the, let's call it, the, the, the thick end of the property wedge. Um, and, if, and without that skills and knowledge, all they're going to do is sabotage themselves if they go for a big project. But one of the exercises I run on the two-day Raising Angel Finance course is I'll say to people, if you had the best job in the world in a newspaper advert in front of you, and it was perfect for you, how much would it pay? And don't, don't tell me, but just think about how much you would pay. And for most people, they will admit, well, it's 100 grand or 200 grand or, or 60,000 or whatever it happens to be. And then, I, and then I say to them, okay, you've got that figure in your head, multiply it by 10. That is the amount of money you can handle without self-sabotaging. Because if, it, if you've put down 100,000, then you can't really borrow more than a million or you will self-sabotage yourself because your inner voice is going to be saying, I'm not worthy. And it doesn't say it consciously, it says it subconsciously because it knows you don't have the training, it knows you don't have the experience, it knows that you don't have the contacts, and it knows that you're effectively faking it till you make it, but it knows you're faking it. So the self-sabotage comes yes. in. Um, and that's why people have to work their way up the, yeah. the channel. So when it comes to raising finance, you have to be realistic about it. Now, if you're sitting there listening to this and thinking, well, I'm going to do a commercial conversion and... I don't have this experience. You can joint venture with someone who does. So you can fast track your way to that yes. experience. But if you try and do it yourself, you, you run the risk of self-sabotage. In terms of adding on to that, I think that was a, 
a chance for a shameless plug of our podcast, How to Raise Money, yet yeah, again. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> absolutely. And, and really, essentially, what we're trying to do in that is just break down some of those barriers that people artificially put in front of themselves. This fear that there isn't enough money, this fear that the deal of the century only comes along every hundred years as opposed to every day. Um, this fear of what we were, we were talking earlier and we were saying that the, one of the biggest, Frederick, you were saying one of the biggest things that holds people back is actually asking the question, would you lend me some money? Yes. Would you like to JV on this deal? Would you like to invest in this project? And it's these very simple things now, when we debated what was, you know, what was the reason, it's probably we're a product of a system. Yes. So it's been highly structured for many hundreds of years where we are predominantly shackled by a way of thinking. What Ray's talking about there, which is absolutely true, which is uh, your, your self-worth and what you think your annual salary should be. And whether you, so if you're on 30,000 a year, if you said, would you apply for a job at 200,000? Most people would say no. Mm. But they'd apply for ones at 35 because they feel it's an incremental step. Why? Because that's that's some sort of programming that we've all had previously from the media, teachers, parents, their parents, their media, everything around them. It It's there to kind of, whether we like it or not, it, it's kind of shackles, it's restraints, it holds us back. Yes. And it's really interesting to see the people that when they actually invest in themselves and they suddenly realize hold on hold on hold on there's absolutely nowhere that when i popped out into this world that somebody got that stamp and stamped on my forehead not worthy uh limited to twenty thousand pounds a year and should just do this and it's very very hard to actually tell yourself convince yourself that you are and that you can be, yes. and that you can do anything. So up here, there will be, we're, we're looking down across London, and goodness knows how many million people there are down there. If you said, who should be here, or who thinks they could live here, or in somewhere like this, yes. or could go, you've done an amazing deal to be able to be here essentially for nothing. Um, how many other, and you've learned that, how many people out there at the moment actually think that they could do the same? Yeah, unfortunately, that's probably extremely few. And it comes back to another thing, which is like the unfairness. Is it unfair that if you then uh, invest heavily into yourself and then you also do apply the knowledge that, like you said before, the money comes to those pockets mm. of, of drawn over and over and over? Um, I don't know. Would you say that the sportsman who spent 20 years honing their craft and skill from being five years old to being 25 and suddenly earning um, 10 million pounds a year as a Premier League footballer, would you say that's unfair? Well, some people would because they'd, they'd say anything's unfair. Um, <laughs> but, but then you've got a lot of people say, hold on, hold on, hold on. He's, he's a 20-year overnight success here. Exactly. And you're willing to pay, you're willing to subscribe and pay, and that's the one that so let the guy kick a ball about yes. or whatever and get paid it. People would not necessarily say that's unfair. They'd kind of go, well, I can see his work for it. The trouble with business people, property people, is they don't view the hard work yeah. or the effort that's gone yes, into exactly. it or the investment in yourself. Yes. Um, that's triggering. I remember a quote. And it's a here we go. Now, George Zalicki, um, there was a, an American motivational speaker who... Um, 
I, I remember listening to. And he said, um, it's to do with a concert pianist. So they're at a concert and there's a woman playing the piano and it's beautiful. And then afterwards, when they're having drinks, one of the people comes up and says, oh, you're such a wonderful player of piano. It's fantastic. I'd give anything to play the piano like that. And she turned and looked him straight in the eye and went, oh, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't give anything because you had your chance. You had piano lessons when you were five years old and you gave it up. So you didn't. So there comes a point in most people's lives, I would imagine, where there's a crossroads, there's a junction, there's a decision to be made. Um, I'm, I'm having it at the moment with my own children where they're getting to that age where they're wanting to stop doing something that I can see is going to be a benefit to them. Yes. My daughter, for example, is 11. She's doing uh, grades in piano and it's now getting a little bit harder. Um, and I'm determined that she's going to complete it because she will thank me later for it. Uh, and that's fine because she's 11. But what when you're 24, 25, you're 30 years old and you make the decision yourself that you're not going to do something, you're not going to push through? Um, because it's like, you know, anything worth doing is worth doing well and it takes a bit of time. And it's the same when you invest in yourself. It's, 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 it's a never-ending yes. process. It's, I mean, again, Zig Ziglar says something said, should you, should you listen to motivational things every day? And he said, well, it's a bit like washing or shaving or, you know, personal hygiene. You don't have to do it every day, but it helps. Mm-hmm. And I yes. think it's the same yes. when it comes to investing in yourself. You don't have to do it every day, but it really does help. Do you know one of the things that when, as soon as you start doing this and investing in it, we become quote machines. Don't we? We quote anyone and everyone. Yeah. You know, and I've even started making up my own just, just for the sake of it because I think you haven't made it unless you've got something you yeah, can quote. No, yeah, I haven't got one yet. So there you go. But it, I mean, it's, um, yeah, it, people don't see, um, you know, when you, you stand on the, uh, well, here, here's some other things as well. Uh, and again, Is this game. coming here? I'm trying to think of one. I'm trying to think of one. No, when we were talking earlier about you know how we get there and, and how you've got to rely on other people and get other people to yes. help you and things, mentors, coaches, and what have you. Again, just think of those people standing on the Olympic podium, and we're looking out over the 2012 venue for the London Olympics, mm-hmm. and all those people that stood there, there was a huge number of people behind them, and they didn't get there on their own. And I think one of the biggest things when you invest in you is you realize how unlikely it is that you are going to go high, big, far, whatever it is, on your own. Yes. And it's at that point when you are willing to give up something to rely on someone else or ask for someone else's help. For me, I'd say probably the hardest thing that you, you can do is actually turn to someone and say, could you help me? You know, and I'm trying to get, talking about kids, I'm trying to get my kids when they see someone and they say, oh, look at that car. And I said, well, you know, if that person got out of that car, yeah. your job would be to go up to them and just say, I really like your car. That's really nice. Could you tell me what you do, how you do it, and could someone like me learn to do it as well? Mm. I yep. said, because most of us would look at that car and um, you know have something pretty disparaging to say about the person they assume that the person is yeah. a ne'er-do-well yeah, yeah. criminal uh, doesn't deserve it well there was a story the there was a story I was reading in the newspaper recently um, we're, we're, we're looking over the east end of London at yep. the moment and the, there was a a chap from the east end of London um, inner city single mother um, 
black guy who felt I have no, I have got no future. He was being single he, mother. She, it was a single mother. Yep. With oh right, uh, okay. He was yeah, yeah. he I'm was the product of a. Oh okay. He didn't oh. have a father figure. I'm with you. He was getting he was getting sucked into gangs and gang warfare and that sort of carry on. And he yeah. decided mm-hmm. I have to do something about this. He put a shirt and tie on and he went to Kensington and Chelsea and he knocked on the doors and basically said to people, I don't know if you read this, but he basically said to people, look, you live in a beautiful house. How did you get here and what can I do? Now, he got a lot of rejection, but one woman invited him in and her husband ran a brokerage firm in the city and he ended up giving him an apprenticeship at the city. He then ended up going to do a university degree and then he got a job in the, and he's now working in the city of London. It was a brilliant, brilliant story. Um, just, just recently. Yeah. Um, and that, that's a perfect example of that. And if you read deeper into the story, he didn't tell any of his friends what he was doing because he, would, he, fe- he feared yeah. being ridiculed. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's the same when people see, you know, beautiful cars or, or very, what's obviously very wealthy people. You always, you do think, well, how did they get it? What does he do? What did he do? And it's a sad thing fact that the, the, the default is oh he must be a drug dealer or he must yes. be this and in fact he's less likely to be that actually because um, they drive around yeah. in yeah. Uh, battered old Renault Clios in, in, oh, <laughs> yeah. in, in Sweden we, we got something we call it uh, the, the Jante law which basically the law of like being average which means that you shouldn't really stick out too much not, not downwards or upwards but basically like the society tries to lift from the bottom and push from the top that's actually one reason why I ended up here because I, I don't really subscribe to that one that we are all supposed to be the same. I mean, uh, take entrepreneurs, uh, take, take world leaders, they took a risk. They did a really big effort to, to make a difference. I mean, you, you took great examples of making a difference and not living the norm in, in different ways and, and shapes. So, Just you know, picking up on risk. Yes. Risk is a really interesting one. I know your brother's very heavily involved in risk, but to me, risk is only uh, apparent if you don't understand actually what's exactly. going on. Exactly. So if, if, if it's complete unknown, then it's risky. Yes. No so much, if, if yeah. you opened a door and it was pitch black in there, there's a risk because you, you don't actually know what's in, yes. what's waiting for me and all the rest of it. De-risk it, just turn the light on and all of a sudden you go, oh, there you go. And you, you can do things, but people are not willing to, to find that out. Yes. And we all know that everything is out there on the internet, freely accessible for anyone to make it as anything, any level of wealth, do anything, uh, good, bad, or indifferent. Yep. It's all there, but why don't we do it? Yeah, no, exactly. Just like, uh, I mean, investing you can mean different things. It's also around the health. We all know exactly what we really should eat. Yeah. We know exactly what kind of minimum exercise we you're, should do. You're looking at me uh, here very, no, no, very intently no, now. No, you are my mirror. <laughs> you're my mirror. I'm saying this to myself. Poor uh, you. Poor uh, you. No, it's, it's, it's so easy in theory, but it's so hard to, to do the doing, that have the discipline, to have the right behavior, that gives you the right habits. To, to do whatever that is. If that's learning, investing, or whatever it might be. Who was it that said, find a lazy man to do, uh, you know, if you have a difficult job, uh, give it to a lazy man? Was it like Bill Gates or something? I don't know. But there's a quote anyway. Yes, yeah. yeah. We've gone far too long. We've gone far too long without a quote. Exactly. I know the end of that quote. There is a, there is a quote. Um, and I must admit, I, when it comes to exercise and things like that, I'm, I mean, if you look at me, I'm, you know, there's more fat in a chip, as we'd say in Scotland, uh, or, or, <laughs> or as I prefer, you can't fatten a thoroughbred. Yeah. Um, God, and, my God, how many times does he say but, that? But 
uh, but no, but there's, there's as, there's as work. he eats cream cakes there's and all work. the rest of it. There's, I, there's I think work. he has liposuction at night. Everyone, <laughs> there's work in this body. Yeah. Um, I don't like going to the gym. I, I've never liked it, and for a lot of people, that seems to be well. The only way I can get fit is I gym membership, and then they'll say, "Oh, I can't afford it," and that yes. becomes the the convenient excuse not to do it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you think back to the lazy man's way to riches, I remember thinking, "Well, is there a is there a lazy way to to be fit and healthy, and can I test it?" More importantly, can I test it? Now, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago. Um, the, the cruise we were on which uh-huh. actually was a business conference on a ship if my wife's listening it was a business conference it happened to be on a ship it wasn't a cruise it was fully dependent on Wi-Fi and as soon as we went off to sea the Wi-Fi the failed Wi-Fi. It, was, it was hilarious <laughs> yeah. but uh, I think we brought the average age down by about 30 years as well but that's another story um, but the, the guy there that was teaching us he had a resting heart rate of 54 and my resting heart rate was 66 or something and I said well how did you do it and he said well he said to me I, I don't like the gym I can't be bothered with doing this that and the next thing but he did go kind of jogging and again I didn't even want to do jogging but I found a book and uh, well it was a more of a pamphlet and it, essentially what it what it says is that you don't have to do an hour in the gym a day all you need to do is 10 or 15 minutes of very hard exercise very quickly get your heart rate going and then that's it So I started a regime that I would wake up in the morning and for the first 20 minutes, I would do 22 press-ups, 22 sit-ups. I had a a little weight thing. I'd do 22 of everything. I'd run up and down the stairs 22 times or up a few steps and back down 22 times till my heart rate was really going. And then I would be almost out of breath and that would be it. So 10 or 15 minutes, that's it. I did that for... um, no, I wouldn't say every day, but I did it pretty religiously. If I missed a day, I missed a day. I didn't, I didn't yes. miss weeks. And I then went for a health scan. Resting heart rate had gone down from 56, sorry, from 66 to 56. Yes. And not only that, um, I got blood tested and various other things all tested as well. And by every way you could measure it, it was all better, much better. So I've just kept doing it. Yeah. I've just kept doing what, what I do. Now, I cut out... I like beer, but I cut down on beer. Um, I, n- I never drink spirits anymore, but I do like red wine. Blood of Jesus, yeah. red wine. The blood, Absolutely. Blood yeah. I mean, you can't see him at the moment, but he's hooked up to an intravenous red <laughs> wine drip. He claimed it was a blood transfusion, but uh, there's not many Merlot. No, well, uh, I'll, I mean, I'll have, I, I will have red wine with my food. I look at what, you know, everyone talks about the Mediterranean diet and the Italians are really healthy yeah, and the French are really healthy. I'm like, well, why don't we just, you know. Exactly. I'll, Cornflakes, bowl of cornflakes in the morning, glass of red wine. Oh, well, you know. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You've got it. You're right. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw something in here. Now, I'm, I'm just adding on to that, and I'm only partway through this book, but the title intrigued me because it's Atomic Habits, which is Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results. And the idea on that end is to do a granular, yep. tiny change each day. And yes. I've done it already myself. So this Invest in You never stops yeah and we're always seeking ways to make um you know little changes and i think dave brailsford for the uk cycling um what did he call it incremental yes uh, gains yeah. or whatever yeah. wasn't it yeah it, it was, incremental gains they went for one percent yeah tiny little things and yes. he's very much talking about this you might have read the power of habits is that that book is, is, yeah so this I'd one's like by that. james clear yeah. um clear as in c-l-e-a-r and what he's talking about there is tiny little changes mm. on a daily basis 
suddenly it doesn't sit because when we try and change habits or I'm going to give up this I'm going to do that I'm suddenly going to go to the gym you've mentioned it Mm -hmm. um, there you you give up very easily because it's such a big change but these things are tiny little things so about a week or so ago I I said right I'm going to go to bed at 10 o'clock I'm going to do it and I've got a little app and it measures your sleep percentage as to whether you're sleeping well or not and since I've done that, I've gone from probably in, on this rating, goodness knows how it works it out. Maybe it's a random number generator, I don't know. But it's gone from... Makes kind of, you feel good. Yeah, yeah. It's gone from about 75, 85% to I've been hitting 95 or 100% sleep yes. quality. And that's just from... I used to just sit there and just let some sport news drift over me mm, in front yep. of the telly. And I've said, right, no, I'm going to do it. Tiny change, but... I already feel there's a bit of a difference and it's not a difficult thing you know I'm not suddenly getting up at four in the morning and running a half marathon every day or something like that this is just I'm going to bed half an hour early yep yep so there you go this invest in you doesn't have to be exactly expensive difficult big it can be tiny things yes Mm. good I'm going to get that book what's it Uh, Atomic Atomic Habits by by James Clear. It says an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. Mm. Now I'm only part way through it. Um, if the book's rubbish, I do apologise. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, I'll yeah. stick that on my Amazon list. Perfect. There you go. Yeah, good. Uh, something that came to me now, now as we're speaking about so many things, left, right, centre. It's like a top tip to take away from from I think the collective is a great way to invest in yourself is to teach others. That ultimately, if you've got any kind of pride really, in, your, in yeah. your body, you have to invest in yourself, so therefore you are worthy to pass on the knowledge to other people. Thoughts? Yes. Yes. Um, and the other thing is you don't have to be an expert. No. Um, in fact, quite often, I was chatting to someone yesterday, um, you know, you don't have to reach expert status because sometimes when people are, are, are looking at experts, it seems so far out of reach. Yes. So, you know, for example, in property, the ones who seem to be most sought after are the ones who've only done a few deals so that somebody who's not done any can yep. say, oh, how yep. did you do that? You, they seem closer uh, in some way, yes. whereas someone who's on the stage and someone who's talking about their 200 properties or it can seem so far gone that it's almost as if, well, they don't understand me. You know, um, and I see the same with entrepreneurs and, and business startups. You know, the, okay, it's great to hear from Richard Branson, but he's not going to do you any good in your sandwich bar. True. Um, you know, he'll, he'll give you strategy, and this what you want is someone who's maybe got three strat sandwich bars in the same area and has the same problems and the same challenges that you will have. So you don't have to be expert status, but um, but you know you can become an expert in something quite quickly yes. by, by just a few hours of research. Yeah. So that's all it takes. Yeah, well, one, one example yeah. that springs to mind, uh, we spoke about children and try to help them, influence, etc. Even as Sean Lee, uh, the co-host of this podcast, they are so close to getting a black, black belt in Taekwondo. Mm. They've been doing it since they were like four years old and now yeah. like, they're both like, oh, it's too much, I don't want to. And then the next day, yay, this is great. Mm. And one thing that especially Sean is doing is he is joining in and, and training the other people so even he's got like a red belt there now, uh, which means he's tra- training people who are way older than him, uh, but they are earlier on in the journey. Coming back to what mm-hmm. you said, that like he's so much closer than someone who's got like uh, a black belt with uh, however many, many stripes on it. Yeah. I think you're onto something very true there. And I uh, also read a book 
recently, same thing there, because the, the, the author is, is closer than, than, for example, Richard Branson in terms of that, that journey, that aspect. I think that more people can really resonate with that book uh, written in a plain language, easy, uh, explains the journey, very hands-on, tactical, instead of super strategic and visionary beyond the moon. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. People, um, you can. It's very difficult to jump up ten flights of stairs in one step. You know, you've got to take each step as it as it comes. But I think the biggest thing for me is when you open up your mind, you realise that you can choose to react to anything however you want, um, and you don't have to, um, you know, follow any other person's. You can choose to do it yourself. People don't have confidence. They don't believe that their choices um, are going to be... Um, I, I don't know. I, th- I think they feel that they're more concerned about other people judging their yes. choices than, than themselves. Mm. Um, I, I told a, a story about someone... I, I used to play a lot of golf. Um, so if you know golf, the person carrying the clubs is called the caddy. And I said, uh, you know, and the caddy often advises. And I said, oh, yeah, I used to play a lot of golf. And I said, uh, you know, I had a caddy. And um, I said, you know, you'd stand on a hole and the caddy would look down at it and say, no, you've got to be careful here. Don't don't hook it left. He says, look at that water down there. You're going to lose your ball. It's a disaster. (laughs) Don't slice it right into the trees. He says, you're going to, you know, the last time you were in those trees, it took took a JCB to get you out sort of thing. It was ridiculous. And watch out for that bunker. And... And you're standing on the tee and you're thinking, oh, I, don't, I don't know where to hit this now. You know, my caddy's so bad. And, and I asked people and I said, what would you do with a caddy like that? And they said, you'd sack them, get rid of them. I said, yeah, that's great. I said, the trouble was it was in my head. Mm. I was the caddy as well. Yep. And I said, how do you overcome that? And that's one of the things. That's how we go through life, isn't it? Mm. We're yep. our own worst caddy. Yep. We point out oh, the negatives. We point out the bad things. What would happen if this goes wrong or that goes wrong? I think that that what if it goes right is yeah. not taught. Well, sometimes, that, yeah, there can be too much information. I mean, I, I've... Um, I did put it in the water, I think. My wife wants to choose curtains. Um, I prefer her to look at a book that's got maybe five or six in them rather yeah. than to go to a curtain shop where there's hundreds because you can't make a decision. Um, so we can be analysis paralysis. Uh, the main thing is to do something. Um, again, taught in the army that uh, it's better to make a decision, even if it's the wrong decision, than to make no decision at all. Yep. At, least, at least you learn something. You know, you, you'll learn something by, by the doing it. It's not the thinking about it, it's the actual doing it that you will learn. Yep. Yep. And um, for, for, well, certainly when people come to see me about raising money, um, we will talk to them and suggest that they perhaps get a joint venture partner or an angel investor or a lender or something to lend them a small amount first. So if they're doing a house, get someone to lend you five grand or 10 grand for the furniture and then pay them back or to give you the deposit and then pay them back and then incrementally start working your way up is always a good way to go and it's the same when it comes to learning anything you know yeah you've got to start exactly have you read uh, the the book about the chimp paradox yeah 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 so again that's me every night (laughs) wake in the middle of the night yeah. You know, people say, you know, how did you sleep? And I say, I slept like a baby. I woke every half hour screaming. 
<laughs> and often that chimp paradox is one of the bloody things, isn't it? Oh my god, I've got so much going on. What's going to happen? I think it's going back to the whole, the whole uh, like the, the the natural instinct reaction versus the more thought through solution. Yeah, it is your primeval panic button. Yes, and and that that chimp paradox is the one you can. <laughs> My goodness me, we can press that button so fast, can't we? And panic about everything. Yeah, we can. There's a great um, course or book that you can get, that anyone can get. It's called Mind Store. Mind Store by Jack Black. Not the not the comedian actor Jack Black, but a Glaswegian um, speaker called Jack Black. Mind Store is brilliant for controlling your brain and, and not letting it you know, run away with itself yes. um, and, and bring you back down to earth. It's very, very good. Yeah. I mean, there's loads of things. Everyone, everyone claims they've got a problem. I've, I've got a, a big issue at the moment with <laughs> everyone uh, jumping on the bandwagon of having a, a mental health issue. All right. Um, because I think as soon as you give someone a label, I think was it Churchill? It's, it's quote time. Um, give a, a man a label and he'll live up to it or live down to it. Yes. Mm. Um, and I think that that's what we're doing. I even saw something where they were offering free access to an event if you had a mental health illness. <laughs> Fantastic. And I thought, my very similar, uh, very similar. What the? No, no, uh, that was supposed to turn into a very stupid joke. Now I, I passed that. <laughs> I passed my own thought. <laughs> there you go. Um, I mean, for me, for me, um, you know, something that uh, I'm, I'm certainly going to be talking more about in, in ver- on various other sort of things. But um, for me, uh, physical well-being, you can see if someone is obese or fit. I think mental health illness for not everybody, obviously, but for an awful lot of people, we are mentally obese because we fill our heads with the equivalent of junk food. And I think that we need to get onto um, some sort of fitness regime for mental health fitness, which is taking things in. So when you invest in yourself, some of the things that we always talk about is surround yourself with like-minded people, surround yourself with inspirational people, avoid the negative media, Uh, don't get suckered into, you know, petty arguments and and joining in. I mean, I think EastEnders, Coronation Streets, yes, the population may love them, but the issues they deal with there are so negative. They're enough to drive you to despair. And it is probably only when you observe it periodically yes. that you think, my God, that program's depressing. But the people who watch it time after time are so yes. ingrained in it, they yes. cannot see that, I that asked, level I anymore. Asked, I remember asking someone why they watched it, and they said, because their lives are so much worse than mine. There you go. Okay. So it's a motivational <laughs> uplifter, isn't it? Jeez. <laughs> right. we, we, on, on the so we're, we're going off again. We're, you know. right. I've got one more question for you, which uh, is from, from the boys back home. Uh, yeah, hi guys. What, 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 I'm sorry you're not here. School, you should have asked for a day off. Yeah. You know, um, your dad's forever saying, you've got to ask the question, because what's the worst he can say is no so you should have asked can we have the day off school Actually, and come over Charlie will have 10 days off 7 school days off to join me on this grand tour to, oh, to Harvard Law School and Harvard here. Law School so he will see uh, Grand Cardone uh, and many other things in that time frame and luckily the principal wow. let him go oh good wow so there you go ask yeah, the question don't ask a question he will still have to do the school work obviously but he will just get like 10 days of inspiration and he will visit eight other countries instead of sitting on a school bench quite different mm. wow the question though is uh, what is your favorite office so far 
or dream office? You've already got the question in the other podcast. My favourite office in terms of where it is? Yeah. Or how it looks? Well, it can mean anything to you. Do you know what? Probably the first tee at some great golf courses, playing with some great people. (laughs) You know, just just whacking one down. Who cares where it goes? Just have a a chat. A wander around, great surroundings, great company. Come back and and carry on in the in the bar afterwards. Yeah. Ray, you're from Scotland, the home of golf, lover of golf. Surely that's right up your street, isn't it? <laughs> lover of golf. There's another quote coming up. A good walk spoiled. Oh, yeah. Do you know, he's, the reason he's in London and in England, they won't let him back in Scotland because he doesn't like golf. Mm. All right. Yeah. He's barred. He's barred from Scotland. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think my favourite office was, or, or would be, um, in France. I was in Boone, which is in Burgundy country, and staying with a well, wine. We used to import, I used to import wine. I'm staying with a wine producer there. I arrived at his house late, very late at night, and he put me into this room. And in the morning, I opened the shutters up, and it just looked down over an undulating vineyards going off into the distance, and the sun so coming the in. Place you could and lay a golf course out. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and just I just remember the birds singing and yeah, it was just yeah. fantastic Heaven. phenomenal that would be my ideal perfect my wonderful ideal office we can't, you've so, asked the question where's yours mine I can't pick just one I'm like I guess multiple that, I guess that's why I was thinking golf course mm. yeah no I'm not, not, not into golf but I, I love the sea Let's uh, see. and I also love uh, higher altitude so yeah it would be something like this but overlooking the sea instead Fabulous. So that's a place I don't have yet, but I need to sort it out, obviously. I can see okay. water from here. Yes. But uh, not quite the same. Uh, well, we'll do part two of this podcast when you've got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, me and Ray will gladly come out and, come to uh, wherever and that continue might be. the yeah. conversation. Uh, I would like to give us all a, a challenge. And, and the challenge is come up with one tiny, tiny thing that people can do in the next week one tiny thing that might make a, a difference in their life so I'll let you think about that for a second I can think right away go for it um, and this will help with mental health issues as well is every morning and every night express gratitude for at least three things thank you do, there that, you go. do that for the next week and you'll see a complete different change in your mood okay and mine would be if you find yourself in a situation where normally you would um, be very negative about it so for example road rage or something someone cuts you up just choose to pause and smile and wave and not judge them or anything like that but just relax yourself and, and don't rise to any bait whether it be an argument a discussion road rage somebody cutting you up just choose to react differently yeah uh, thank you and for me it will be just Every journey starts with a step. You already know something that you really like to pursue. Just take that very first step on that journey, whatever it might be. Perfect. Cool. So now I've got lots of ideas, uh, lots of food for thought. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me on this podcast. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And Charlie would always say uh, thank you to, uh, for, for, for joining in and also thank you to the audience. And uh, Charlie loves to say that he likes five-star reviews. I have no idea where I got that from, but he keeps persisting. And uh, I think it's... We'll have a result. If you don't ask, you, you know, don't get, get. it. Thank you.